Life. 
the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, I spoke about God's love, His unrelenting love for each and every one of us. He gives us a little glimmer into who God is. But really, for all of our spiritual life, we need to know who God is. There's a story of a priest who was talking with a friend of a parishioner. And this friend was uh, agnostic. And so he was talking all about how, you know, there are just God makes all these rules. He tells us all these things we need to do. And if we don't do them, then we get the punishment. He's going on and on about the God of rules. And the priest at his desk has an icon, and he turns that icon around and he says, Are we talking about the same God? Now the icon he had was the icon of extreme humility, which is similar to this. This is the icon of the bridegroom. I'll back up so you can all see it. Um, And the icon of extreme humility, he's inside of a coffin. He's not wearing the robe, but otherwise very similar in his, uh, his posture. And so the priest said, are we talking about the same God? What God are we talking about? Because so often we have many different ideas of God in our head. Now brothers and sisters, this is our God. This is the one whom we would envision in everything in our spiritual life. And yet so often this is not the God that we envision. Here he is in complete extreme humility, completely emptying himself to the point of death. The idea that God can die. This is only because of his great condescension, because of his great humility. So we have to have that in mind when we read today's gospel. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And the Greek is even more full. It says, utterly deny himself. There's a a modifier preposition on the beginning that makes it even more intense. To utterly deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Now there's two ways that we can read this. One way that I so often read it as I say, you know, that's right. I need to do these things. I should be denying myself, I should be taking up my cross, I should be following Christ. I should, I should, I should. And yet there's another way. Because it's not that God wants me to fix things and that's what I need to do. That's the way that I so often think. God is telling me, deny yourself, take up your cross, so I need to fix these things, and gosh darn it, I'm going to do those things. The other way is as a prayer. God, you know me. You know that I cannot deny myself, that I struggle so greatly to do this. I can barely lift up the burdens in my own life. How can I lift up my cross? God, help me. The second way is the way of humility. The first way is the way of neurosis. You see, God does not want us to fix ourselves. I'll say that again. God does not want us to fix ourselves. Does everyone here agree with what I just said? Well, because Father said it, so we have to agree to it. (laughs) Because God knows we can't. 
His commandments are not that of a rule-maker God. Deny yourself. Salvation is not accomplished by us following His rules. That's impossible anyway. Just read them if you don't believe that. Read the commandments. Every commandment of God is not a command that says, Go and do that. We can hear it that way, but it's not that. There's something more there. Every command of God is an invitation. It's an invitation. Ask me to help you do this. Ask me for that. Ask me to help you, whatever it may be. Be more virtuous, be more kind, don't do this, don't do that. All of these things, it's an invitation from God. So when we hear the word command, we think rule, but instead we should be thinking that it's an invitation. Because again, this is our God. Not the rule-maker God who is telling us all the things we need to do. Maybe in our worst moments we think He kind of expects us to fail. And failure is inevitable. The path to salvation is humility. Period. End stop. That's the path to salvation. Humility. We must acknowledge our weaknesses, our inadequacies, our failures. We must acknowledge them. And then, invite God to act in us. This is our spiritual life. Acknowledge all of those things, and then ask God to act in us. And this is what St. Paul says in his epistle today. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He sure did that. In everything, he said, God, you do it. You know I can't do it. Come in me. Enter me. Enact this change. You see, when we instead choose the path of, the, of neurosis, the path of I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, I should pray more, I should fast, I should do this, I should do that, we're envisioning a God who doesn't join us. A God who doesn't carry our burdens for us. And ultimately, it's our ego, it's our self-will that says, I'm going to do this myself. It's a strange form of ego because, of course, there's failure in the midst of that. And we see our failure. We don't even want to acknowledge our failure. Because why? Because we need to get back up and do it. We need to do it ourselves. My brothers and sisters, this is our God. But even the apostles didn't understand that at first. If you read the Gospel out of the Bible directly, the passage right before that is one of the many times that our Lord is saying to the disciples, well, the Son of Man is going to go to Jerusalem, He's going to be rejected by the the people, the chief priests and the Pharisees are going to kill Him, and then He'll rise on the third day. He says this again and again and again to the apostles. And then what happens right after that? Peter, the chief apostle, takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. Says, that's not what's going to happen. You know that. We're going to go in glory. We're going to have this glorious entrance into Jerusalem. And everything will be great. And our Lord says, get behind me, Satan. Very strong words. And right after that, he says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Directly after that. Saying, this is the path. And this path is not just my path. Not just the path of the Son of Man. This is the path of each and every person. The invitation to empty ourselves, or as St. Basil says, to surrender our will. 
is an invitation that our Lord says in each and every one of His commandments. All of the commandments are an invitation to turn to God. And He will enact that change in us, not us. But He has given us the commandments as guideposts for what direction to move in. So we know I can't move towards God if I move towards pride. I can't move towards God if I'm moving towards anger. Instead, I have all these other things that I can move towards. But it doesn't mean I enact them all in myself. It means that I ask God to enact these in me. So what is our cross? Because after all, this reading is on the Sunday after the elevation of the cross. This is why we have the cross in the center of the solea. Because we had this great feast, it's the glorious lifting up of the cross, the elevation of the cross, when St. Helen found the precious and life-giving cross upon which our Lord was crucified, and through which our salvation was enacted. And this is the feast where we celebrate when it was first lifted up in Jerusalem in the early 300s. So this is that feast. So what is our cross? Because he says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Cross does not sound like a good thing. But we don't always think of what the cross actually is. Our cross is simply this. To see all of our weaknesses, our inadequacies, our failures, our deficiencies, and to lay them before God. Now this is difficult work. It involves a whole lot of shame. We don't want to look at our weaknesses. We don't want to look at our failings. Those things are ugly to us. They're abhorrent to us. This is our cross. To take those things and lay them before God. And to say simply, God, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. But you can do everything in me. So you don't have to cover your failures. You don't have to keep saying, I should do this, I should do that, I should do this. Turn it to action. I should means nothing. It's this big weight upon our shoulders. I should be doing this. I should be more loving. Fill in the blank however you wish. It's a big weight that does nothing for us. That's not our cross. Our cross is to say, God, you can do this in me. This is my weakness. Help me. And then like St. Paul, we can say, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We are not saved by our excellence. We are not saved by our excellence. We are not saved by our perceived virtues, by our good attributes. Why? Because that's our ego speaking. Those aren't ours. Those are God's. So how could we be saved by God doing something in us, and us taking credit for it? It's the not taking credit. That's what will save us. We are saved by our weaknesses. And we can only understand this when we get away from the idea of God as the rule maker. As long as we think of it as these are the rules, I need to follow them, God told me to, and this is how I get to heaven, we're totally missing the point. God does not think that we can enter into eternal life by following His rules. He doesn't want that. He wants us to pursue those in Him, through Him, by Him. As St. Paul says in another place, this is from 1 Corinthians, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. 
God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and those which are despised. God has chosen. Are we the chosen ones of God? Then we are weak. We are despised. We are foolish. We are base. That means we're chosen. Because if we're mighty, if we're wise, if we're all of these good things in the world, then we're not of God. Because we're not attributing it all to God. When we say, I can do nothing, God is the one that works in me, then we are chosen by God. So may we have the strength to pick up our own cross, to deny ourselves in the right way, which is to deny all of the things that we think are great about ourselves and look at our weaknesses and bring them before a loving God, not a God who will judge us harshly, but a God as depicted in this icon, our Lord Jesus Christ, who completely humbled himself. May we likewise humble ourselves. Amen.